Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Anguilano, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Jasper Apollonia and Aaron Johnson. Fellas, how are we doing? I don't know about you, but I was blown everywhere outside. It's actually crazy. Wow, congratulations, Mike. Um, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> we need a proper tag for that. <laughs> Wait, is it uh- <laughs> after dark? Yeah, no, this this wind, this wind is uh it's brutal out here in New York as well. That's what we're talking about. Um yeah. like wind. Wait, yeah, what are you guys the wind, talking about? The wind is the wind is uh is bl- it's blustery out here in New York as well. Uh yeah, I'm doing great, Mike. You say as always, but uh, having all three of us on the podcast is definitely not an as always thing as uh, some of our commenters are more than happy to point out to us. But yes, we are all together today. Uh, I'm I'm very happy for it. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, so I'm ready to get into it whenever you guys are. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a treat to have everyone here. I I'm a little afraid going into each podcast now because the comments on YouTube just get more and more vicious uh, e- each week, each passing week. So you know, I'm afraid to to really give my opinion at this point because I feel like people are about to start threatening our lives. Um, but hey, I'm gonna do it anyway. So let's I think have that means we've made it. I it it very well could because people <laughs> do not like when they disagree with our opinions. Do you do we really make it as a podcast if our lives aren't threatened on YouTube? I I don't know. I think that box has to be checked off before we can say we've made it. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, until you have your first assassination attempt against you, you're 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 nobody. That's what they always say. That's exactly what? right. Who was it that said that? Ronald Reagan? I can't remember. It could anyway. very well have been Ronald Reagan. But this isn't a political podcast. This is a Pistons podcast. And actually, before we get into, into things, I want to give a right up front plug for another Palace of Pistons podcast in our podcast network that we're creating within a network. And that is Palace of Pistons After Dark, which had its first episode launch and Jasper, you've had the pleasure of being on that podcast and being with Tim and czar. Um, what, what is that like? Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's me uncensored, so it, it can only be disastrous. Uh, no, it's, Au contraire. It's, it's a lot of fun, man. Uh, I really love what we're doing over with Pit, uh, palace pistons after dark. It's a totally different vibe from this show. Uh, really different topics, really different presentation. Uh, I big shout out to Tim, big shout out, shout out to Aaron as well. Uh, it's 
it's a lot of fun. So I hope that anybody who's listening to, to us here, they give us a listen at uh, Palace of Pistons After Dark. And you know what? If you hate what we're doing here, give Palace of Pistons After Dark a listen anyway, because like I said, it's a totally different thing. So if we're not your flavor of ice cream, uh, maybe a different store will give you something a little bit better. So here we go. Uh, yeah, give us a listen. Uh, going to be on our on our Spotify, going to be on our YouTube channel so easy to find uh, give us a, a listen give us a follow uh, i'm i'm really looking forward to what we're going to have coming down the pipe we we just had a another podcast recorded today and we had a lot of laughs on there so i'm looking forward to that one coming out as well yeah it kind of kind of feels like mike and i are, are being put out the pasture you know the kids have grown up and 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 they're the new flavor I know everyone's going to love that podcast because, you know, Jasper's spot on. It's completely different. You know, Tim uh, came to me with that idea and, you know, I just knew right away it was something we had to had to do. And he's kind of the perfect mind to, to help lead it. Uh, it is a lot more uncensored. It's different topics, crazier topics. You know, I, I'd say this is more of the analysis focused podcast with like, you know, objective opinions about current stuff going on with the Pistons. And that podcast is, is just guys being dudes, making jokes, having fun, talking about basketball, uh, talking about the Pistons, you know, in a more raunchier way, but it's, it's good stuff. The first episode was great. And uh, I've, I've only heard good things about the, uh, the second recording uh, that took place earlier was supposed to make an appearance, but unfortunately I was not able to. Well, probably fortunately for the listeners at this point, because it does feel like people are, are tired of hearing me talk about the Pistons, but I'm here anyway to do it. This show. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron like, probably t- boy, our, our final episodes before, you know, all the, all the cool kids just start listening to that. And that's right. And I are done. They're, they're probably tired of hearing me talk too, but that hasn't stopped me. So <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let you stop you either. What can we, can we put any bets on, uh, on who's first to crack? Uh, of of the OG podcast, I don't know. I, I think there's a good chance it might be me, but we'll see. <laughs> well, well, if if it were possible to make a bet like that, I'm sure all of us would be using our sponsor for today, and that's Bet Online. And basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V. Once again, that's B L. EAV receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag betonline where the game starts you know we haven't had a podcast all together but you know Jasper and I still in sync throwing up throwing up lobs and me throwing it down mm-hmm. that's the that's the ad read equivalent of the Dwayne Wade LeBron James picture that's exactly right that's right <laughs> that's exactly right I'll be Bron. Okay. Um, so, guys, let's get right into Pistons talk. We we do have some interesting things to talk about. Um, and for our first topic of today, we have to talk about Sadiq Bey. And, 
you know, I, I had put this in the group chat yesterday. I don't know if Aaron used that as a little bit of uh, uh, momentum to get this into the podcast, but Sadiq has been moved to the bench in favor of Isaiah Livers. Livers started at the two yesterday against the New York Knicks. And Sadiq's just been, he's just been cold. He's in one of those spells. We know he's a very streaky player, but he's shooting just 40, about 40% from the field, 27% from deep. Overall, his stats are down across the board year over year. His assist rate is a lot lower. His turnover percentage is currently a career high, despite having nearly identical usage. So, you know, guys, we talked about this coming into the season. Sadiq Bey was one of those players where the Pistons really needed to evaluate how he fits with Kate Cunningham, how he fits with Jaden Ivey, what sort of progress he has made on the offensive side of the ball. We know he's a good shooter, but, you know, but what else can he provide? And um, he's going to be a restricted free agent this upcoming. Um, oh, I'm sorry, he won't be this upcoming offseason, but the summer after that, but he's going to be due for an extension. And the Pistons are going to have to make a decision on that fairly soon. So he's still young. I know he's old for being young, if that makes any sense, being um, a multi-year college player, but we've already seen some articles come out about the Pistons feeling around if they can find a trade. Some teams have inquired to Detroit about him, uh, trying to acquire him. And we know the Pistons are open for business on a couple of different fronts. We've heard that with Boyan Bogdanovich. Aaron and I touched on that last week, but Sadiq Bey is a little bit different. He's younger. He was part of the quote unquote rebuild. He was one of the first picks out of that rebuild. Was he not the pick for Luke Kennard in that trade on draft night? Yes. Okay. So, you know, you have that attachment. Some people care about that. I don't, I don't necessarily, cause that's, that's a sunk cost at this point, but do you think the Pistons should be looking to move Sadiq Bey? Is this a good thing that they are doing? Um, it, to me, I, I think it's a little bit, okay i think it's a little soon as well because again this team is incomplete so, you know kate's hurt jay and ivy's been hurt so it's it's so it's incomplete it's, it's hard to judge but do you think the pistons should be looking to move on from him first before we talk about value do you think that it's the right thing to start to plan an exit course for sadiq bay if you know for a fact that you're not going to pay him look in the first things first you know our our, our wonderful listeners who are always right, have made it very, very clear that Sadiq Bey is a very good young player. They feel he is a very important piece of this Pistons core. But, and I know that this will, you know, cause a stir. Sadiq Bey has seemingly regressed at each year. He had a good rookie season, trended downward sophomore year, and is at a point where he's not even in the start. He's not even in the starting lineup anymore. The team has seemingly lost all faith in him. And I can't necessarily blame them. This is a guy that just, he literally has regressed statistically each season he's been in the league. And this year, going into the season, we talked about it's a big year for Sadiq Bay. He's going to have to figure out how he's going to contribute with another high usage guard coming into the fold in Jaden Ivey. He's going to have to figure out how to play alongside Boyan Bogdanovich, another guy that that's going to take shots. That's going to be a scoring threat. That's going to, to be a big part of the offense. And he hasn't. And then when Kate Cunningham's missed time, Jaden Ivey's missed time. 
Sadiq Bey, it's not like those numbers for him, you know, have, have, have shot up. And it's like, okay, he's just struggling to fit in with these new guys. They're still learning how to play together. It's just, it's just not been the case. Sadiq Bey's just struggling to play well altogether in any facet right now. And, you know, Jasper, I know, I know you tweeted the other day during the Knicks game, like, I don't think Sadiq Bey even thinks he's a threat from beyond the arc. And, you know, he's not. Like, he gained this reputation in his rookie season as a marksman three-point shooter because he was taking, you know, seven and a half threes a game. And, you know, he shot 36% or whatever it was from the three-point line. And, like, that was good. Like, it was encouraging. The Pistons needed some shooting, and it looked like they added that added that in the draft. But last year, he regressed as a shooter. This year, he's shooting 27% from the three-point line in 19 games. Like, he's just not a shooter at this point. We can't keep giving him that reputation as a shooter because he hasn't been one for the last season and a half now. And you look at what he's else he's done to his game. He's gotten better as an inside scorer, but it's not like he's a, a, a great enough threat inside to, to make up for what he's taking away from the team with his inability to space the floor. He has regressed as a distributor, something that he actually did show growth at last year. The ball was put in his hands, and, and you know he contributed at a higher level, making moves with the ball, passing the ball, specifically towards the second half, uh, in the second half of last season. But this year, you know, Mike, as you mentioned, a, a very, very similar usage rate, yet the turnover percentage has gone up and the assist percentage has gone down. He, he's not creating at that same level. And Bay's never quite been the defender that, that's been hoped of, you know, for a, a guy of his build and his athleticism. So it puts Detroit in a very tough situation because he had such a promising rookie year. He made the all-rookie team. There was a lot to like about his rookie season. But I think you have to to look at the face value of what he's now been for, you know, last season and the first 20 games of, of this year, and he just hasn't been good enough. So, you know, when you're talking about having to make a decision about his contract, he's going to be a restricted free agent next summer. You know, you have to figure out, do you want to pay him? Do you want to give him that second contract? And Pistons don't sign a lot of, a lot of guys to second contracts. A lot of these rookies, they just – have not in you know the last decade or whatever so you're talking about committing what will probably double digit million dollars on an annual uh average and do, do the pistons want to do that for a guy that let's face it statistically has gotten worse uh each season in the league i, I think the pistons are right to be opening themselves up to moving him i don't think it's a great time to be doing it considering his value is probably at his lowest point uh, that it's been so far in his career, but I do think the Pistons have to start doing their due diligence because it's not looking great in Sadiq Bayland right now. No, Aaron, I mean, it simply isn't. And you've hit on a lot of the things right here, but the fact of the matter is he's just not shooting well. And we're up to a point right now. We're over his last 713 three-point attempts. He's shooting 33% from three. He's just not shooting well. And even more so than that, like he's, of course, like we've said, improved himself on the inside. Uh, he, he is shooting 52% from uh, uh, from two-point range this year, which is a huge improvement over his previous mark. So 
I'm not giving up on Sadiq Bay totally. I, I don't think he is um, a, a waste of a player. I don't think he's a waste of a roster spot. I am very much okay with moving on from him, though. If the price is right, absolutely. I think there is definitely a role for him on this roster, but is it as a starter long-term? I'm not sold on that, uh, especially with what we're seeing in terms of his shooting right now, in terms of his confidence from outside right now. Uh, I basically only see him as a guy coming off the bench that can really give you good numbers for your second unit if you're like a championship contender. I look at him like he's like a Marcus Morris type, except Marcus Morris can actually shoot. I, let me leave. I, I, he's more of like what Marcus Morris was when he was in Detroit. He's he's just not efficient enough um, to be in your line starting lineup, getting a usage of, you know, 20 percent or higher um, shooting five plus threes a game. It There's just not the space in your in your offense for a player like that right now, especially, and we've hit on this a lot of times when you have other guys in Boyan Bogdanovich and Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham who need the ball. And look, the fact of the matter is league average of, of, of effective field goal percentage this year, 53.7%. Sadiq Bey, uh, effective shooting percentage this year, 47%. Like he's just not giving you efficient offense in any aspect of the game, uh, we know about his defense. He's not a great rebounder. He's not a good enough passer. And while it looked like maybe he took some small steps forward in that department last year, he's completely regressed as a passer this year. The assist percentage is down. The turnovers are up. I, I don't feel comfortable when he has the ball in his hands. I don't feel comfortable if he's a catch-and-shoot guy. So really, as of right now, where do you see him going as – as an organization, I'm not quite sure. I think really at this point, the only path forward for him as a piston is coming off of the bench. And that's good. That's fine. But when we're coming up on how much are you you're going to extend him based on his averages up until this point, you have to imagine that him and his representation are going to be looking for a, a good amount of money. I'm not sure he's worth that. Is Sadiq Bey worth $15 million a year moving forward? I know the salary cap is about to go up a little bit, but I, man, I'm really not sold as of right now. And if there still is based on the reputation that he built for himself his, his first year, you know, first year and a half, I guess, in the league, if there is a legitimate market for him, I think the Pistons absolutely should be exploring it. Um, because there is, you know, there there could be picks to be had. There could be players to be had. And they need to upgrade their wing position desperately. If he can be a part of that as a trade package, I'm fine with that. Go for it. But the price has to be right. So that gets us into the discussion of price. And, you know, I think Boston was willing to give up at least one first a couple of years ago for Sadiq Bay. I don't think that that would happen now. Um, but, you know, in terms of return value, and he is a young wing. I mean, that's the most sought-after asset in the entire league. Um, what would you guys be looking to get for Sadiq Bey at this point? You know, knowing that he's going to be due for a contract extension, so that's going to factor into any trade talks. And, you know, what are you looking to, to get back for him? I mean, it's very tough to gauge because we've seen the highs – and he is a good shooter. He's extraordinarily streaky, which we saw. 
Um, he is shooting better on twos this year. So he, I guess there's a little bit of diversification, but he's not, he's, he's, he's just not a threat from deep. As you guys said, it's, it's a dramatic downturn. The defense has also taken a bit of a downturn, um, you know, despite his size and seeming like he has the mold to be, uh, you know, at least an efficient defender, not somebody that's going to get you killed. Um, if, 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 you know, he gets switched onto somebody, it just hasn't translated. So, what sort of value would you be looking to get for Sadiq Bay? I'm, I'm trying to look up some player comps right now to see, to try to quiz you guys, see who, who you'd rather have. But um, I'm, I'm interested to know what you have to say about what you'd want for a, a, a young wing that still has some promise, um, you know, despite having a down year to start. And remember, Sadiq was shot very cold last year as well to start off the season. What, what would you guys be looking to get for him in a, probably pretty active trade market. There's a lot of teams that are kind of hanging around that, you know, they're going to fight for the play in. I mean, I still think you can get a play, a, a pick that is somewhere around uh, where you drafted him at, you know, like really, really close to the lottery, but not quite. I still think you can get something in that, in that range. It depends who is, you know, looking to buy. And I don't think I'd give him up for anything less than that as of right now. In terms of established players, who's to say? It seems unlikely that you're going to be trading Sadiq one for one. It feels like he's going to have to be part of a package if you're going to move him. Something like, you know, him and Boyan, it seems like a natural pairing because you have a more established guy with a bigger contract, and then you have Sadiq, who's still pretty young, and, you know, potentially could could still potentially uh, add to his game. I mean, let's... Look, there's a lot of criticisms to be made, but like he is an above average free throw shooter, not just in terms of his percentages, but in terms of getting to the line. He gets to the line pretty effectively, and he has since he was a rookie. Now that he's finishing at the rim as well, that's a skill set that absolutely matters and and is something that can help either a young team or a contender. So for me, I would be looking to, you know, I'm not trading him for anything less than than a first round pick. Uh, something that's probably going to be, you know, somewhere in that like 16 to 25 range. Uh, But I'm also certainly willing to part with him as part of a package for another player that maybe a team is looking to offload, like say a John Collins. Uh, I threw that out on the, on the, you know, Palace of Pistons after dark. I think Boyan Bogdanovich and Sadiq Bey for John Collins, if the Hawks are really serious about moving him, I think that's something that, that could potentially work for both sides. So uh, it would, it would be something like that. Yeah. I think certainly that the, the, there's going to be interest in Bay, even though he's at probably his lowest value right now, just based off the way he's been playing. And a team that comes to mind is a team like Phoenix, right? You know, they have someone in Jay Crowder that they need to offload. They want to offload. They own their own first-round pick. They want to get a, a, another forward that can contribute. They're, they're down Cam Johnson for the rest of this season. You know, taking a flyer on a guy like Sadiq Bey, who at worst can come off the bench and and, and, and give you some some minutes, that makes sense for, for a team like Phoenix, right? Uh, I don't know necessarily how that deal gets done. I don't know if maybe there's another move where Sadiq Bey is involved in a trade with someone like Nerlens Noel or, or Alec Burks, two guys that I think will probably be moved at some point by Detroit this year, at least Nerlens Noel. And, and, you know, that doesn't mean that I personally think the Pistons 
should be trading someone like Alec Burks, who's clearly made a huge impact on on the team in the you know ten or so games that he's played in so far with the group. But that's just another way that I I can see him, uh, you know, being a part of a deal. I think you're absolutely right, Jasper. A team that's kind of middle of the pack in the playoff race, in the playoff, a play in hunt. That there will be a team that you know ends up picking. You know, 17 through 22, 17 through 24, that I'm sure would talk themselves into moving uh, a first-round pick to get Sadiq Bey if they feel he's going to help contribute right away and, you know, give them a little bit of an extra push uh, towards their their playoff chase. And I think Sadiq Bey is, is still a valuable player, too. Like, I don't want everyone to think that you know, I'm just, you know, sitting here and, and saying he's awful. Like, he's not been good this year. It's okay to say that, but it's also true to say, like, he's gotten better as an inside scorer. Last year, we saw what he could do when he worked on becoming more of a distributor. You know, the second half of last season, he was getting four or five assists a game, and he was moving the ball well. So I, he's a guy that works so hard. You certainly don't want to give up on him, and, and he's only 23 years old. If he's available and teams don't have to give up a whole lot to get him, they're going to be pouncing at the at the bit to try to trade for him. So Detroit doesn't have to get frantic here. They don't have to rush into a move. He's still under contract through next season. Maybe he turns it around. Maybe he reinforces himself as a part of this team moving forward. And that would be great because that was the hope when you drafted him, when he had such, such a successful rookie season, and after he ended last year on somewhat of a high note. So you do kind of want to try to hold out on Sadiq Bay and see if he can turn it around because there are some some really strong things that he can do that he's capable of doing, uh, but he just has to put it all together at once, and, and that's where he struggled the most. He's going to be uh, sought after. There will be interest in him. The Pistons can get value for him, uh, but but selling selling low on him just to offload him when you know this team doesn't really have a ton of guys to take minutes from anyway right now would, would be a mistake in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and look, if you're a rival GM, it's so easy to talk yourself into to giving up some assets for Sadiq Bay. Look, all you have to do is say, can we fix his shot? Yes? Okay, well then that's a trade worth making. Absolutely. Especially if he's going to be a restricted free agent in, in, in two years and he's under contract next year still under that rookie deal. I mean, if you're an opposing GM, you look at the leaps that he's made in the interior this year and you say, if we can get him back up to shooting 37 38 from three that's a guy that is really really useful offensively and i still think like while i'm saying these are trade packages i'd be willing to look into i'm not saying i want to trade sadiq bay it's something i'm open to but again i think as a pistons fan you can still talk yourself into saying look if we if you can fix that shot if you can get a real power forward next to him instead of Boyan Bogdanovich, who's totally overmatched in that position, then you really still have something here. You have a guy that can give you 18 points per game on really efficient shooting and be a total pain in the ass for defenses, especially on a team like the Pistons where their guards outside of Jaden Ivey don't draw a lot of fouls. So that's a skill set right there that can absolutely help you and potentially open up shots for other guys as well. So no, I don't think any of us are saying we want to trade Sadiq Bey necessarily. Uh, I don't think any of us are saying it's, it's time to give up on him. But yeah, certainly it's been disheartening to see where he has been this year. Yeah, and, you know, 
ultimately, how surprising would it be if in the middle of December or January, whatever, he goes on a eight to 12 game heater and now his stock is back up. I, I mean, mean capable he is, he just is that kind of player. Yeah, exactly. He, he is that, that streaky kind of, of guy that can get hot for a, a month, a month or two, and then maybe he can just kind of even out the rest of the season. You know, maybe he doesn't play as well as he did for that, for that month or two, but he doesn't play as bad as he has for the first 22 games of the year. So yeah, I mean, and, and, and last thing I'll say on this, cause we've, we've talked about this for a while now, uh, Sadiq Bay, you know, looking at the market for Sadiq Bay is fine. He is not the untouchable piece that some were claiming he was for whatever reason, but the Pistons should also absolutely not be selling low on a 23 year old forward on a team. That's going to be playing a lot of meaningless games the rest of the way this season and has tons and tons of minutes to give these guys to continue uh, to, to, to develop and get better. So that's kind of my final point on that. Yeah. And you guys have touched on it. We're not advocating to trade Sadiq Bay. Um, he's also not an untouchable asset. Everybody has value in this league. We've talked about this before. I think we talked about it last year when we we're talking about Grant. You know, everybody has some sort of value in this league. Actually, we may have been talking about it. We briefly maybe mentioned what we would trade for Victor Wembanyama. Everyone has the key point is everyone has some sort of value in this league. It would be a mistake for the Pistons to look at his low counting stats and say, okay, we need to trade him immediately. That's, that's the wrong way of going about it. Um, but it is interesting that they're taking some calls, listening to what they, you know, they devalue across the league is. I think this is no more than due diligence as well. You know, it's what good GMs do. Uh, you're supposed to see what is being offered to you. Jasper, I love the Boyan Bogdanovich. Sadiq Bay for John Collins because that immediately fills a spot on the roster with a very well with a good player uh, with a specific skill set that matches up very nicely with some of the other younger players. Um, for whatever reason, Atlanta doesn't want to keep John Collins. This is he, him and Miles Turner are just the what can we throw at them to get them on a different team. Um, it seems like for the last three years he's been in trade talks, maybe longer at this point, but. Um, that's 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 the kind of trade that I would want if we're going to move somebody like Sadiq Bay, who was a building block with I think he was the 19th overall pick. This is uh, this is that's that's the kind of move that I would be hoping that the Pistons are looking at, um, and I do think Atlanta is one of those desperate teams that you know is kind of off to a middling start. I think the Miami Heat are another one of those teams that's kind of off to a weird kind of blast start. Um, I don't know what assets you'd want from the Heat, but you know th those are the kinds of teams that might be a little desperate to make a trade, and they might be willing to pony up, you know, an additional pick or player to to you know to get a player like Sadiq and hope that they could they could fix him by the end of the year. Um, okay, let's go on to our stock report segment. Um, Jasper, I'm gonna let you go first since I don't think you've done a stock report yet. This was kind of something we did last week. Um, Go ahead, give us your stock up, stock down, guys, for the Pistons. Yeah, I mean, just like myself in 2020, I'm new to the stock market. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I hope it works out. But I'm probably going to lose a lot of money. GameStop when it went nuts. 
I did not. I was a big top shot guy, and that that actually okay. <laughs> turned out very well for me. Anyway, um, yeah, stock up. You know, the easy, the, the fan favorite answer here is going to be Killian Hayes, but I have to go with another guy's. It's got to be Kevin Knox. He has played over his last eight games, little under 19 minutes per game. I would say he's probably having his best stretch of professional basketball outside of uh, Summer League. Uh, look, in that 18.8 minutes per game, uh, he is averaging 8.4 points on 53% shooting. And more importantly than that, 1.63 per games on 45% shooting from, from outside. Uh, he has been shockingly competent on defense. In fact, he's made some really important defensive plays. He had moments against Denver, Utah, and, and Phoenix, uh, especially on that end that were just huge defensive moments. He had that one block against Phoenix. He had that one steal against Utah. Um, those were those were fourth quarter end of game plays, and they were really huge for Detroit. He's played a huge factor in them winning two games against Denver and Utah that by all accounts, they should not have won. On top of that, averaging half a turnover per game. So he's he's playing within himself. He's doing his job. The team plays reflected that. He's got the best on-off splits of anyone on the team in this stretch at plus 30 and a half points per 100. Those are his on-off splits. That's just crazy. And, and it's not just because everyone else has been horrible when he's not playing. They're plus 11 and a half points per 100 with him on the floor. He's been really effective at both ends. The offense has been good. The defense has been, has been good. I mean, if we're talking stock up, Kevin Knox, stock up. If we're talking stock down, I hate to say it, considering that uh, I was afraid. I think we all were afraid when he saw him suffer that injury against the Suns, that his season was over. But I got to go Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, over the last seven Pistons games, he's he sat one of them, played six. His on-off splits are 9 22 and, and the worst part of that is a defensive rating of 131.3 points per possession with him on the floor. That is just, I mean, it's inexcusable. It, it, it's atrocious. And even without last night's debacle against the New York Knicks, it still would be very bad. In those six games, yeah, he's getting his points. Still close to 20, 20 points per game, 48% shooting. That's all good. The bad part, though is that he's only hitting 28% of his threes in that time span. So all of his scoring is really coming from inside the arc. And he's hitting less threes per game than Isaiah Livers, Jaden Ivey, Kevin Knox, and Killian Hayes in that span. Three turnovers per game, 3.2 assists, four rebounds. And, and the thing about those turnovers is that they're it really feels like they're coming at the worst possible time because Dwayne Casey's forcing the ball into his hands during crunch time, which is just not a good skill for him. I mean, he is not a good isolation scorer. He's great at everything else. ISO is what he's bad at. And it makes no sense why Dwayne Casey continues to give him those possessions in those situations. It, it's nonsense. Um, so yeah, my stock up, it's got to be Kevin Knox. He's playing the best basketball of his career. Stock down, it's got to be Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, he's giving them production, but it's not the production they need. And the downsides of his game have just been absolutely atrocious over the last week and a half or so. Aaron, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, uh, I'll start with my stock up being Marvin Bagley, which is ironic <laughs> because, Mike, you and I spent the first, you know, first ever debut of the stock report stocking down 
Marvin Bagley. And the three games since <laughs> that, he's averaging 15 points, 9.7 rebounds. Uh, he's hit hitting, you know, just under two threes a game. Like he's legitimately contributed to this team uh in the three games since last week's show. Gonna give him credit because you know, obviously I didn't give him credit last week. And I'm I'm a, I'm a big enough man to to give credit when credit's due. Marvin Bagley's played a, a lot better just in terms of doing what he's actually like able to do. He still doesn't defend, but he is being the the scoring big that you know he has been uh, set told that he is, and I'll give him credit. the uh, The efficiency not great from from inside the arc. I mean, fifty percent. You'd like to see that be a little bit higher for for a guy that plays you know in the in the interior as much as Bagley does. But he's even knocking down some outside shots, something that he has not historically been good at. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know if that'll stick. I doubt the rebounding sticks. Um, but he's playing. He played a good week of basketball, so I give him credit in that regard. And it would be great for the Pistons if he could continue to to contribute at, at a high enough level, even with Isaiah Stewart now back in the fold. Because, man, they they need some more help. And if Bagley can give them some some strong minutes, that would certainly be a good thing, considering they paid him forty million dollars this past offseason. Uh, and, and and let's be realistic. If- if you didn't put him in the stock up uh, and, and eat crow, then the commenters during next week's podcast would make sure that you did. <laughs> right. I'm a big enough man to, to give him credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So how about stock down? Stock down for me is, is Hamadou Diallo. He's seemingly out of the rotation now. Yesterday uh, against the Knicks, before it became a blowout, he did not come in the game in the normal rotation. Kevin Knox was ahead of him in the rotation. And that's with Boyan Bogdanovich back, Sadiq Bay back, Isaiah Stewart back. You know, does Knox stay in the rotation with Ivy coming back in the fold here soon? Uh, I don't know, but it does seem like Hamadou Diallo is out of the rotation. I think it's for the right, you know, I think it's the right decision. He's just not a great player. I'll give you some highlight plays. I'll have a game where, you know, he flirts with a double-double just because it's one of those wild up-and-down games where, he gets a couple breakaway dunks, uh, you know, taps around a couple uh, missed shots, and he ends up with 13 and 7. And you're like, wow, that was a productive game for Hamadou Diallo. But he's just a nightmare defensively. And I saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but essentially just talked about how Hamadou Diallo plays in a way that makes the rest of the team on the court play bad because they start playing more wild. They start chasing stuff more. They get undisciplined. And that couldn't be more from the truth. So I think it's a good thing Diallo's out of the rotation, even if he gives you a couple really exciting highlight plays here or there. Uh, it's it's the right thing, and he just hasn't played well enough to earn a rotation spot. So stock down, you're out of the rotation. That's just it's an easy pick for me. Yeah, when you're when your team is playing horribly and you need somebody to come in there and just create some chaos, Hamadou Diallo can absolutely do that for you. But yeah, it's true. I mean. Whenever he's been given those extended minutes, it it just inevitably is just too much. He's not that kind of guy. So no, I think I'm with you on that as well. Especially, like I said, since Kevin Knox has been playing so well. Yeah. On that point, Jasper, you said that Kevin Knox is playing the best basketball of his career outside of the summer league. At what at what moment 
did you determine that this is it? He has crossed the threshold of his best basketball of his career, considering that has not been, um, well, there's not a lot to take from. Well, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, <laughs> right. he's, just, he's just literally <laughs> never played this well. It's not right. like there's a whole ton of, uh, of game film, but I mean, I've watched Kevin Knox play before. I don't think he's had a eight game stretch. Like, I mean, I know he has not had an eight game stretch like this ever in, in his professional basketball career. So it's very nice for him. And I'm, I'm happy for him because uh, this is a guy that let's be real. I mean, he's kind of gotten the campaign treatment where people are like, uh, why, why is this guy in the league at all? Like what, why? Um, so great he's, comparison. Show, he's showing a little bit of exact of, of why he's in the league. He's, you know, when he plays within himself and he hits shots, he can absolutely give you some, some useful things at both ends of the floor. And I, that defensive part of it. I mean, that's always for his guy who is a shooter, who has not shot well, the defensive end of the floor has always been his biggest issue. And um, I think he's done a very solid job defensively, all things considered. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Well, we're very happy to see him playing well. And going third for the stock report means that there's inevitably duplicates. And my stock up was definitely Killian Hayes. And it's the low-hanging fruit, the easy pick. And I tweeted out that I'm ready to believe in him as the backup point guard of the future his last 12 games averaging 30 minutes a game 11 points three and a half boards 5.7 assists he's shooting 41 percent from the floor 36 percent from three which is the more um alarming thing that's like oh wow maybe this is uh maybe this is turning the corner we've we've said that over the last couple of years of like a stretch of his play and thing oh maybe he's turned the corner maybe the shot is here his, his turnover percentage is 11 and a half percent. Um, and obviously the offense is not perfect, uh, but he has shown considerable growth. And we talked about Killian Hayes, I think, on every podcast for the last two years. Uh, Aaron wrote a great article, um, talking about well, one of the things that was talked about was Killian Hayes's play with Kate Cunningham out. Um, when you talk about evaluating players, you know, he's right up there with Sadiq Bay. You know, the Pistons have 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 had to evaluate what they do have in Killing Hayes. And right now he's showing that he does have some juice. Um, so let's hope that that good play continues because uh, we think, I mean, Cade is probably going to be out for the rest of the year. He's he's going to have plenty of opportunities to to, to continue improving. So he's, he's going to get plenty of shot opportunities. Um so he's obviously a huge stock up. I think everybody has him in the stock up category. My stock down was also Boyan Bogdanovich because since that, I mean, I really thought he tore his ACL or, or had a significant knee injury. He has kind of cratered, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was arguably um, the most impactful um, player on the team. Obviously Cade's the best player, but, Bogdanovich's ability to stretch the floor, something the Pistons have been searching for for years, it seems. Um, and Jeremy Grant ISOs, we, we didn't have to look at him anymore. Now Bogdanovich kind of glued himself to the corner or, you know, he was able to hit threes. And throughout those first couple of games, it looked good. And, you know, since then, it, it, it has really, really taken a downturn. And, and he was also talked about in – trade discussions as well so you know that's another guy that is going to have to be monitored but he's a clear stock down kind of guy jasper you've already listed off um this you know the stats but uh clear stock up stock down guys for me was killing hayes and boyan bogdanovich um 
I really like the Marvin Bagley one because we get to eat crow and then, you know, Aaron and I did have like five to eight minutes of just talking negative about Marvin Bagley. And um, maybe, maybe he's an avid listener or he has bugged both of our rooms somehow, but um, thanks. <laughs> Immediately we're, we're just quickly wrong uh, with stock up and stock down. So thank you, Marvin. Um, speaking of stock up, stock down and kind of more of the up, the Pistons competed pretty well on their West coast road trip. They secured wins against the Nuggets and Jazz. The Jazz are kind of fading a little bit, but um, Nuggets still a quality team. Alec Burks' debut has bolstered the bench. He was my other candidate for stock up because he has clearly lifted the bench unit kind of how we thought. Um, when we didn't have him earlier in the season, the Pistons were very clearly a negative on the bench. Their bench unit was one of the worst in the league. He's come in. He's a scorer. Um, he has really locked down uh, the bench. It's a lot more stable. It's not great, but it's really been stabilized. Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart are back. Talked about Sadiq plenty. Um, we talked about Bogdanovich avoiding a serious injuries, only missed a handful of games. And Jay Nivey, I think, should be back next game. He's missed three games uh, with with knee soreness. Overall, in the month of November, today's the last day of November. Uh, three and twelve. The Pistons are twenty eighth in plus minus, twenty sixth in scoring, or twenty seventh in field goal percentage, twenty fourth in three point percentage, which again, they were one of the worst in the league last year. Um, and they're 30th in assists per game. And, you know, not having your starting point guard does impact that quite a bit. So, but the Pistons are showing more fight, uh, particularly against some tougher teams on the West coast. Are the Pistons quietly getting better uh, despite not having Kate Cunningham for most of those games and probably not going to be having him for the rest of the year? Is this something that is, just a flash in the pan or, you know, are, are you seeing sustainable things from some of the guys on this team? Mm, I don't know. I, I think it's a little facetious to say they're, they're really getting better. They were three and 12 uh, in the month of November, you know, uh, they were they had the second lowest win percentage of the month. And a, a lot of metrics point to them just being absolutely awful. Like, Maybe they got better from being the worst team in the league to like the second or third worst team in the league. So I guess if, you know, we're judging it on, on, on that sort of improvement, yeah, they're they're getting a lot better. But uh, no, I mean, there are some things that are, are encouraging. Like obviously those wins on the road against Denver and Utah were great things. Are they going to happen, you know, consistently? No. What I will say is I don't I, I think the Pistons are getting better from a standpoint of they are they have a very tough schedule. They are going through a very tough stretch in the schedule. This sets them up to be a better team down the line. They're playing a schedule that will make them better later in the season because they'll have gone through a very tough part of their schedule. The beginning of the season was murderers row. The six-game Western Conference road trip is murderer's row. That builds you up to weather the storm more as time goes on. And that will probably coincide with getting Stewart back, with getting Ivy back. We still don't know what's going on with Cade. It doesn't seem great there, but you're getting Stewart back now. Ivy's on the cusp of returning. Bogdanovich avoided what looked like it was going to be a potentially season-ending injury. So 
from that standpoint, I think they will get better. I don't think they were better uh, in November or, or or since that Western Conference road trip. Like they got a pair of improbable wins. It happens every year. It just came at a very tough part of the schedule for Detroit against two solid teams. But I'm not sitting here like, oh man, that three and twelve month in November really instilled some confidence in me that this team is getting a lot better. Like, yay, they they didn't get blown out by double digits in the last 10 games, uh, except they then went out and got blown out, blown out by New York by 30, which is inevitable. The Pistons always lose to New York, so you just mark that as a loss every time you see them pop up on the schedule. But, yeah, I, I, I don't feel great about, about that type of discussion because they really weren't better in November. So it, hopefully this builds them up. To, to be better going forward. Hopefully, you know, it's it's that you got through the toughest part now. You got through, you know, the, the, the thickest part of the schedule, and, and it gets better from here because your schedule gets a little bit easier and you're getting healthier. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much where I'm at too, Aaron. I mean, yeah, are they getting better? Uh, I suppose so. It would have been very difficult for them to have gotten worse. Right. And, like, they literally were the worst team in the NBA for, for the first month of the season. So yes, I suppose it was slightly inevitable that they improve somewhat. I mean, we've, yeah, it's hard for me to say because a, a big part of that comes with just like Alec Burks getting healthy was huge. Like you had the worst scoring bench in the NBA and now you no longer do. And Killian Hayes being able to give you decent production from your starting guard spot you know and and Alec Brooks giving you the scoring from the second unit it means that neither unit is completely cratering you every single game so just based on that they were kind of bound to get get a little bit better but yes um yeah they are better they are a little bit better not much but they certainly have improved from the worst team in the league to like you said like the third worst team in the league uh, I think the Spurs are worse. I don't know. Maybe maybe Houston's worse. I, it doesn't. You're splitting hairs at that point. It, it's not really all that important. Um, overall, yes, they are getting a little bit better. But a big part of that has just come down to they got Alec Burks back, and Killian Hayes has improved from being a complete disaster uh, to being a, a a slightly above replacement level uh, a point guard. Like, let's be real. That's that's what you're getting. You know, he's he's not an all-star, but he's definitely improved a lot. And I think that has buoyed both both units. Um, having, you know, having those little switches as well, where Sadiq Bay's coming off the bench and giving you a little bit more scoring there. And Isaiah, Isaiah Livers has, has played pretty well. I think they got a little better, but overall, no, not, not that much. Uh, it, it's going to be really really hard to see exactly how much better this team can get until you have Cade and Jade and Ivy both back out on the floor. Until then, I think this is right around where you're going to be. And I think that's kind of what we expected coming into the season. If you didn't have Cade Cunningham playing. So yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. They're better than the absolute disaster that they were, but I'd, I'd say they're still you know, not not outperforming expectations coming into the season by any any metric. So, so the, I mean, yeah, the the, the numbers are not, they're not pretty. Um, 
and the Encore product has left a lot to be desired. But in the context of it, I mean, even with the addition, with that additional lens of Kate Cunningham's missed most of November, you know, does that change your viewpoint on things? You know, they have found a way to stay competitive despite not having their best player available. And they might not have him available the rest of the year. Does that kind of change how things are? Because, I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Kate Cunningham are all hurt. How many games do the Pistons win in a one-month period? I would have said negative three. I would have said they, they would have definitely been, I mean, arguably had the worst lineup in the league. Um, they did weather some of those injuries. Killian has played well, or, or at least, you know, well relative to what we're used to out of him, which is fearing for our lives well. when he touches the ball. But he has played well, yes, as a, as a backup point guard. You know, he has put together some games and has demonstrated some skills that I think are very promising. So, you know, does that lens change throughout, you know, all the injuries? I mean, the Pistons have weathered a lot of injuries early here in the season. I mean, you when you're missing Stuart Bay and Kate Cunningham, I mean, and Bogdanovich is out for a couple of games too. I mean, you know, does that change your viewpoint at all? Not for me personally. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, they've, they've dealt with those injuries, but if we're like, if we're trying to frame it as the Pistons are getting better, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the, the right way to, to the right narrative to push. Like you could say the Pistons are getting better at treading water, but they're still bottom of the league in every core metric that matters. So it, no, like it, it doesn't change it for me. And, you know, it's obviously unfortunate that, they've had those injuries, but it, it kind of is what it is. Like it's, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more to add on that. It's just like, I don't know. I'm seeing more people be like, Oh, you got to take, you know, the little bit of improvement where you can get in. And it's like, yeah, but it's, it, they're three and low expectations. <laughs> and, and yeah. And, and those wins came from guys like Alec Burks and, and Kevin Knox having, you know, performances that they probably aren't going to have again. So it's, it's not like, you know, Oh, it's, it's Jaden Ivy and Jalen Duran and, and all these young guys who are just rallying around one another and, 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 and getting the Pistons to compete at a higher level. It's like, no, you've, you've gotten some, some, some better performances from some of your older role players and, and Killian Hayes has, has had a nice stretch, but that's, that's really it. It's not like this is a lot of youth movement where it's like, okay, I can see it. These young guys are all starting to figure it out and they're playing at a high level and they're just starting to fight more like the Pistons did a couple of years ago. It's, it's just, it's, it's completely different from that. So, you know, I, I, I can sit here and watch, you know, Alec Burks and Marvin Bagley and Kevin Knox and, and Rodney Magruder play minutes, but like, that's not going to make me feel like the Pistons are, are turning corner when they, you know, go three and 12 uh, in a month. No, nothing's changed about the way they play basketball, right? Just guys have hit some shots and that's great, but like, they still are what they are. Like they, they still can't rebound. Uh, they still don't have very good passing. They still don't have very good shooting. They still have terrible size. Like they still have the same issues. Marvin Bagley's not going to miss two shots over the span of two games all the time. Kevin Knox is not going to shoot 45% from three all the time. I like Alec Burks a lot. He is absolutely going to help this team as long as he's playing for them. 
But is he as great as he has played? Mm, eh, not quite. He's he's a really useful player, but like he's not a he's not a guy you want out there getting you 16 points per game. So yeah, for me, it's it's not meaningful market improvement in the way that they play basketball. It's just you know some guys getting healthy and playing well, and sometimes it's as simple as that. But I, I'm not seeing anything here that's saying like. Oh well, long term, this is this is changing the outlook of the next few months. Like they're they're still they they are what they are. They're a bottom five team in the NBA. Well, that's ending on a positive note. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were very very like negative that entire show. It did feel that way. I I'll say it. I was just thinking that before before you said that, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> Jaden Ivy, Jaden Ivy will be back probably Wait, soon. Maybe that's... I hope <laughs> he's been questionable on the injury report for like the last three games. So you got to yeah. say he's fine. I don't know. I mean, at what point do you get worried? Uh, if we're still talking about it on next week's podcast, then I'm getting that's worried. a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Or Which if, means uh, that. No. Well, I was going to say, hopefully that means that next week we can come back and we'll give a very positive podcast. So, you know, it's the yin and yang. This too shall pass. Let's hope. It it, it will pass. And uh, I'll go ahead and be the confident one and say that there are more um, encouraging things to talk about on next week's show. Uh, But for right now, you guys are right. I I mean, you ended it on the appropriate discussion which is yeah this team maybe has shown some blips of of improvement some particular players but they're still a bottom five team in most key stats and they're a bottom bottom five team in you know in the entire league right now um hopefully we'll have more positivity uh <laughs> for next week's show that's what palace of pistons <laughs> after dark um, is for. or that's that's for fun i was just about to this say for reality you want more positivity Right. We are the grim reality uh, of the Pistons while Tim and Czar and, and Jasper and whoever they have their revolving cast of characters is, you know, is going to be that they, they, they will keep it light. So listen to us, listen to them afterwards um, until there's better, better things to talk about on the horizon. Fellas, anything else you want to add before we close out the show? No, I mean, hopefully next week we're sitting here talking about how, Jaden Ivey's back in the fold. Pistons have maybe stolen a win or two, and Stewart has settled himself back in. Maybe Bay, Sadiq Bay's had a couple nice performances. Uh, like, I don't want to sit here and, and and talk down on the team for an hour plus. I, I would love to sit here and talk about uh, how this team is maybe turning some things around and the young guys are finding their footing and and this and that. But, you know, until then, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try to – paint a different picture than, than what it is right now. Let me just do one last question before we wrap up. What do you think about Isaiah Livers at the two, which was pulled out of the bag yesterday by Dwayne Casey? Yeah, I'm cool with it. It works. I, most, I mean, most twos are like six foot six, six foot seven anyway. So it, it's fine with me. I, maybe he's a little slow in terms of the foot speed, but like he, he looked fine to me last night. I, I, I relatively speaking i mean everybody was a disaster so i i have no issue with it um i think he can he's like sadiq bay he can reasonably slide between two and four you're gonna have issues kind of regardless you know you know depending on the team around you so now nah, for me i it's fine i'm cool with it 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't really have a major opinion on it until I see it more. Um, don't know how much more we'll we'll get to see it with Ivy again on the cusp of returning to be positive. Um, but I mean, it's worth it at this point. You're three and you went three and twelve in the month of November. It's like, yeah, let's try something new here at this point. We'll take that as a positive. We'll we'll, we'll put that comment in the positive column. Uh, as we wrap up this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, uh, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Uh, as always, uh, if you'd like to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag, be sure to use the promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And hey, why don't you check out palaceofpistons.com? We do have some written content available there. Aaron just put up a a great article sort of highlighting a lot of the things that have been happening with the Pistons lately. We've talked talked about Killian Hayes. We've talked about Kate Cunningham's injury. You know, the Pistons are going to have a a, a big decision to make about sitting him. So head on over to the website, peruse, see any of the written content that we we have available. it, it, it really helps us out a lot as well. You know, we'd love to see that engagement on the, on the written side of things uh, as well. So for my co-hosts, Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.